As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Pre. I'm your host, Jacob Langs. I'm here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. And uh, can we get one uh, celebratory Lou? from the group on three or not or we can just do it on three one two three beezer was better ah hard disagree uh alex you're kicked off the podcast uh roberta luongo officially inducted into the hall of fame uh along with the sadine twins daniel alfredson finally made it in and uh who was the builder tj herb something or other i had never heard of him but he like he was a great hockey player that never played in the nhl due, due to racial discrimination and it yeah. being a weird era in general yeah so great year for the vancouver canucks wasn't there a female who got inducted as well or elected yeah there was a, a finnish player oh right i did I not think we her. were going to talk about the other people that got in so i didn't have any of this up I just wanted to wrap up the who else got in. Uh, Also because like good for the Vancouver Canucks of the 2010s. Yeah. I mean, and Luongo, they're going in together. It just is right. Yeah. I just love that. Like I know that the Canucks had individual tweets for each of them, but I only saw the one for Daniel. And I just thought it was really funny that like, so I'm just scrolling my timeline and I see, the Vancouver, like in the middle of all these Hall of Fame announcements and congratulations, I just see the Vancouver Canucks. Congratulations to Daniel Sadine on being elected to the Hall of Fame. I did not see a Canucks tweet about Henrik. I did not see a Canucks tweet about Lundqvist. Like all the the only tweet I saw on my timeline from the Canucks was the Daniel Sadine one, <laughs> and I just found that to be very humorous because it like in my head that's just like a slight on the other Sadine twin. Uh, but yeah, Luongo finally in the Hall of Finally. Luongo in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, very, very well-deserved. I know that there was a little bit, there was a very little bit of will he, though, uh, because he doesn't have a lot of hardware to his name, to be totally honest. Yeah. Uh, one of the most beloved players of all time, surely. But never won a Vezina, never won a Stanley Cup. Only has really an Olympic gold medal. Yeah, he's technically got two, but he only played in 2010. Yeah, I mean, it's a little interesting in the sense that uh, Luongo kind of played in an era where there was always someone who was quote unquote better than him. I mean, at the beginning of the, his career, it was all about Martin Brodeur, and then as was still was still around. Yeah, Dominic but Kashuk was still playing well. And was yeah. still around. Right, and then Pujo was still like, eh, yeah. I guess now we're getting into territory of not of, yeah. And then Um, comes, you know, like Lundqvist, Carey Price, Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, and you had Mark Andre Fleury winning cups playing. No, Pittsburgh's not a big market because it has Sidney Crosby. They were a, you know, they were the market pushed by the NHL. Lundqvist playing in New York obviously was a much bigger market. And, but, and those teams won, to be frank. Those yeah. teams won. Well, Lundqvist never – I mean, Lundqvist made it to a cup, but he never won a Lund- cup. Yeah, Lundqvist never had a cup. Yeah, but, the, like, 
the Luongo Panthers like weren't in the playoffs. Yeah, but the Luongo Canucks won two straight President's trophies. Yeah, yeah. Luongo didn't only play for Vancouver, DJ. I know you, or for Florida. Florida. I know you know this, but like, it, it's it, not it, like Luongo did. Luongo's what the fourth or fifth winningest goalie in NHL history. Not that wins is a good goalie stat, but yeah, he's also like the lo- most losingest goalie of all time. We which don't is, pay attention to that though. Yeah. Because losses and then are not a goalie stat. And then we haven't <laughs> even mentioned Carey Price. Like Luongo. You? Pl- you did. I'm pretty sure oh, you already said it. <laughs> we didn't talk about him then. But like Luongo essentially played in like the golden age of goaltending. And unfortunately, his best seasons were as a Florida Panther, where he did not get the recognition he deserved because goal amazing goalies on bad teams just don't win the Vesna, even though there's been plenty who have deserved it. And then when he was with a loaded Canucks team, he never really got the credit he deserved because, you know, the Sedin twins got pretty much all of the publicity and Jacob is mouthing what the fuck. So I'm going to throw it to you and find out what the hell you're staring at. I'm staring at Luongo's games played by season logs. Oh yeah. He was a workhorse and absolute- 65 games in 0203 72 in 0304 75 in 0506 76 in 0607 73 in 0708 yeah and As until a goalie and until the end of the career he was never oh my hurt god he was never hurt yeah that's how he you lock up one that many games played entire career where his save percentage uh sorry he had two seasons in his 20-year career where his save percentage was below a 9-10. One was his rookie year where he only played 24 games. Yeah, but like the Panthers ran Luongo into the ground and so did the Canucks' his first two seasons. Yeah. Like it's it's frustrating that Luongo doesn't have a Vesna to his name. Oh, extremely. He Roberto Luongo had a 931 in the 0304 season. He got a 931 in 72 games. Yeah, that's so many games to stay that good. To be fair, and he finished third in Vesna voting. To be fair, during those days, the Panthers were notorious for uh, for inflating shot totals. Notorious. Still, so, though, a 931, whether you're inflating the shot totals or not. It's, like bring it's down really the shot good. totals by 10%, and that's still going to be a 928. It is really good. And, and I wanted to read out some other franchise stats for you to just show how clear, far and away, he is the best goaltender in this franchise's history. In, in terms of games played, he leads the franchise with 572. The next closest is John Van, Van Beesbrook, who's not even halfway there. He's got 268 games played. Same with wins. Luongo's got 230. Beezer's got 106. Shutouts. Vokun is actually, for the, their tenures, he's surprisingly close. Luongo has 38 shutouts, top in franchise history, obviously. Vokun, 23. Luongo, second all-time in a, with a, a 921 save percentage among goalies that played a minimum 100 games with the team. Vokun is first, but again, like the era... There were there were uh, fewer percentage of the shots going in in the Vokun era, whereas Luongo playing in the early two thousands, lots of those shots were still going in. 
I mean, granted, some of his career was in the dead puck era, but one season under a 900 save percentage. One. And it was his last one. And it was 899. Yeah. Like, that's an incredible career. Oh, I didn't even see that one. So actually, he had three seasons below 900. By the three? way, I could have funny. No, his first, his last, and there was one in the or below 910. Sorry. Oh, okay. 910. James Reimer's okay. fifth all time in wins for the Panthers. He's got 53, and that's good enough. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Well, fourth, yeah, because, fourth in he, shutouts with seven. Well, I yeah. was never even like a true starter. <laughs> right, but you have to think of it this way, Jacob. The Panthers have had essentially they're, – they're in what? They're, this was their 20 or 28th season? 93 to 22. Eight or nine. Or 29th season. This should be easy. The Panthers are the same age as us, TJ. I guess so. <laughs> Okay, but okay, 11 of those seasons of the Wongo was in net, like five or six of them was Vokun, and another five or six were Beezer. Or actually, no, it was about seven for Beezer. So, letter, literally, 20 of the 29 years were three goalies. Like, the Panthers have had some pretty amazing consistency in terms of their goaltending over their, their over the life, the lifespan of the organization. So, yeah, of course, someone like James Reimer is going to get is going to be fifth because. I'm assuming Bob is third at this point, considering he's been here three years. He's got it. And the Panthers have been good. He's what, third in what? Or fourth. uh, Yeah, he's fourth in games played, fourth in wins, not in the top five in shutouts. Very funny. Shutouts are a random stat. Shutouts are in in safe percentage. Alex, wins and losses should not be a goalie stat, in my opinion. I agree, but I'm just saying, like, Shutouts, it's literally just a roll of the dice. You could play the best game of your life True. and give up five goals, and you could play absolutely shitty at a That's home the over. same reason that wins and losses shouldn't count as goalie stats. You're right, but it's even more random with shutouts. You're correct. Okay. Wins and losses aren't as random. They just aren't right. a good, just... good stat to evaluate a goalie. Yeah. Which is probably why he was in the top three in Vesna voting in 0304 in the first place. Because he had a 25 and 33 record. And having that record and being a Vesna finalist is remarkable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did David Lewis put up a 931 and still lose 33 of 58 games? <laughs> Who do the Panthers have on that roster? My goodness. That team sucked. That team let's, let's, take a, let's take a historical deep dive into the 0304 Panthers. Uh, your leading scorer of that team uh, in 82 games was Ole Jokinen with 58 points. That's how. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Did, did you already mention his goal saved above average for that uh, 03 season? No, because I don't think you, that was tracked yet. Hockey reference has it. Well, that's, that's just like league goals against average. Holy shit. It's 48.4. 48.4. You know who just had a... Holy shit! You know who just had a season that was not as good? Igor Shosturkin, 44. Aye, aye, aye. Luongo was better than Igor Shosturkin, and we've all just been sucking off Shosturkin nonstop. But because that team... Andre Vasilevsky's play- highest goal saved above average on hockey reference, so we're looking at the same source here, is a 26.4. That's the highest he's ever had in his career. 40 
eight. There's got to be a way to track the, like, that's e- so many goals saved above average. I'm gonna see if I'm gonna see if there's a way to track that. My goodness! No, no, there's no goal saved above expected in uh, that at that point. Yeah, but um, yeah, amazing. Like so, congratulations to Roberto Luongo, uh, who once upon a time, uh, twice upon a time, finished third in Vezina voting on being inducted into the Hall of Fame. His highest ever Vezina finish, by the way, was uh, 0607, in which he finished second to Martin Brodeur. Also finished second in heart voting that year to Martin Brodeur to Sidney Crosby. What the fuck? He finished ahead of Broder in the heart voting, but lost to Broder. How does that make sense? I know how that makes sense because it's different populations voting on it. Yeah, the people that voted Broder for the Vezina didn't vote him for the heart. Right. The heart and most other awards are voted on by the PHWA, whereas the Vezina, for some fucking reason that I have yet to understand, is voted on. First of all, I believe that's the only... Uh, award that's voted on during the playoffs the Vezina no. is voted on after the first round if i'm not mistaken i don't think that's true i think it is okay so i mean and this is kind of where i start to uh really doubt hockey reference because they actually do have an all-time leaderboard for goals saved above average and number one with a staggering 73 gsaa is bernie perrant and then 73-74 season. And basically the entire top five, you are all guys from the 90, uh, from the 70s. You know so who that, was that isn't that isn't expected. That's average. It's a different stat. Right. It uh, works you know, in weird ways, but it's not really anyway. About the Vesna's voted on by I'm not done. Yeah, I'm not for done. Some fucking reason. Uh, let's continue. You know who was number seven with a better season than Luongo? Hold on. First of all. What list is this? Top goal saved above average seasons. All, all time. time. All time. So number one is Bernie Perron. Yeah. Number eight is Roberto Luongo. No. Num- I, I'm talking about number seven. We'll get to Luongo. Right. You want to know who number seven did, is? Did you tell us who Who's one through six seven? are? Do you, oh, you want them all? Okay. Well, Uh-oh. I'm just curious tell about why number you're seven specifically first. about number seven. Because it's John fucking Van Beesbrook in 93, 94, bitches. 56. And that's why that team was decent because it was the yeah, that, team. That, <laughs> what was his goal state above average in 95-96? Let's see. Uh, for the record, Luongo is 16th all-time. In terms of modern goalies post-2000, uh, he is the only one in the top 20th. Teodor is at 21, and then Shesterkin at 25. Uh, what, and- what, what, what is your source here? Hockey reference. Hockey, hockey reference has Van Beesbrook goal saved above average at 22.7 for 96-97. I never got to, I never got to 96, 90, that's 96 I said 93-94. That's, that's a oh, new season right. entirely. Right, yes. For some yeah, 93, reason. 93-94, okay. he was 55.6. Wow. Good for him. He deserves an award. Maybe yes. like some sort of induction or not into a hall of fame because he wasn't actually like i don't know he was good how dare you i know alex look beezer was a great goalie and maybe maybe this is a great section a great point at which we can transition into uh who else in the panthers 
general atmosphere is on the on the table for the Hall of Fame. And there's a really obvious one for this. There sure is. He won't be inducted as a Panther. No. He'll be inducted as a Penguin, almost undeniably. He should be inducted as a member of CLAD now. That would be great. <laughs> well, remember, this is not the Baseball Hall of Fame where you get a hat for your specific team. The player just goes in. True. But yeah, that's and quote-unquote, he will always be remembered as a Pittsburgh Penguin. Anyway, it's it, Yarmir Yager, if that wasn't glaringly obvious. Yeah, the, mullet the, wonder. the only problem with talking about him getting Father into the Hall of Fame is he has to actually stop playing. Right. He hasn't done. He's past the age of 50. He has been out of the NHL for five years, but he has not been out of pro hockey. He's still playing period. in the top league in the Czech Republic, or I guess it's called Czechia now. Czechia, yeah. Yeah, Czechia. Wait, uh, the country's called Czechia? Yes. Which so, is what? a different country than Chechnya. I think Chechnya is not a country. Where the fuck have I been? I always thought it was, I thought it was still the Czech Republic. No, that changed like It this changed year. recently. Yeah. Within the last year. Yes. I think it happened like late last year because the only, the reason I heard about it had something to do. Honestly, I might've heard about it because of someone on a broadcast talking about Yarmir Yager. Maybe. <laughs> that is entirely possible. Shout out to Yog, still getting it done. They're back in the top division. They got promoted last season. I hope. They and as get such, Yager is not I'm... yet eligible for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> okay, because I looked it up, Chech- Chechia was the uh, recommended English short name for Czechoslovakia in 1992. However, it was not adopted as the official English short name until 2016. This is Wikipedia. For Czechoslovakia. Yes, yeah, so originally uh, an official English shortened pronunciation. Excuse me, was after adopted in 2016 for a country that hasn't existed in 30 years. Excuse me, after Czechoslovakia dissolved in 92. There you go. The Czech <laughs> Ministry of Foreign Affairs recommended che- che- Czechia, Czechia or whatever. Czechia. I think Czechia it's Czechia. For the English short name. The form was not adopted at the time, leading to the long name Czech Republic being used in all circumstances. The Czech Republic approved Czechia, Czechia as the official English short name in 2016. And that's now what's, what they are referred to in the United Nations. I got a Cladno update that I will give you guys. I so, really thought you were about to say that you got a Cladno jersey. I'd like to have one, but I don't. So they did not have a good season in the Extra Liga. Uh, they finished 14th out of 15th which meant that they were in the relegation playoff. However, the story does have a good ending. In the seven-game series against uh, Gilava, J-I-H-L-A-V-A, they won. Probably, it's the probably a soft J, first of all. It's probably Yi. Could be either. They won the series 4-1, to one, and they will be I staying care. in the Extra Liga next season. Yager had one point in the five games, I believe. He had two points. So... King's still getting it done at age 50. And uh, for the for the hockey meme lovers out there, Landon Bell is the <laughs> goalie for Cladno. Kucherov I'm got one in. past him. It was early, but the Stars needed to tie it up, and so and so. By the way, Yarmir Yager had 19 points in 43 games for Cladno this season. For those of you who are unaware, Yarmir Yager also owns Cladno. Yeah. Yeah. He is literally the owner of the team. So, like, no one's going to kick him off that lineup. (laughs) 
Well, I don't even think he really wants to play anymore. I think it's just like, well, he doesn't want to play. Full he didn't time. want to play. He'd stop playing. Yarmir Yager only- is nothing. It, like Yarmir Yager has spent his entire hockey career doing what Yarmir Yager wants to do. If he wanted to stop, he would stop. But I think he's only playing like home games at this point or something like that. I don't know. Maybe he, he only wants to play home games. Yeah. Either way. When Yager- have you known Yarmir Yager to just go with it? No, that man does what he wants. But either way, yeah, Yager's going to go into the Hall of Fame. He is the next Panther. TJ brought up something during our prep, and it's like, well, will the NHL kind of give him the Gretzky treatment of when he officially hangs him up, put him right into the Hall of Fame? And I honestly think the answer is yes, just because he's been out of the NHL so long, and he is such a legend of the game that it's like, why wait? Like, let's say this, this is his last year. Do we really want to wait until the guy is 55 to honor him? Like, no. Like, there's still all, you know, all the people around that got to watch him play are still young. Like, now's the time. I, I feel like the longevity is an amazing accomplishment that does not of course. Really be talked about in the sense that it should be. I think people, like, treat it as an amusement. It's like, wow, he's so old and he's still playing. When in reality, that's incredible yager's been playing professional hockey professional hockey for 33 years alex he started in in, with claudno in 1988 yeah i'm 33 so you he's been playing since alex was born since yarmir alex has a son hockey alex was born alex started playing goalie Alex won a national championship, went to UM, graduated, went to law school, graduated, became a lawyer, met his wife, had a child. All of this has happened throughout the course of Yarmir Yager's playing career. So shout out to Yags. And shout out to Alex for being as old as Yager's playing career. And we we were talking about it and uh, really couldn't come up with very many other people that uh, could be in the hall soon that are associated with the Panthers. There were some long shot cases this year. Tim Thomas was one of them. Remember that season? <laughs> he really Panthers. shouldn't get in. I just and don't. I also don't count him. Like I know technically he was a Panther. <laughs> look, and I know I have a hockey for the sake of this of discussion. He counts as a Panther. Because look, there's like, so few players in the hall of fame <laughs> that have played on the Panthers. There's so few. Realistically, yeah. the next player to be inducted, quote unquote, as a Panther is probably Sasha Barkov. And like, we're still a good 20 years away from that. Yeah, he's uh, got the best chance. That, that is an interesting thing I wanted to talk about briefly. Um, I guess that we can kind of have these conversations concurrently. Is Luongo the greatest Panther of all time or will Barkov overtake him? Okay, so there's a lot of dependency on this question. By greatest Panther of all time, do you mean greatest performance with the Panthers or greatest player to ever play for the Panthers? Well, the greatest player to ever play for the Panthers is Yager. Okay. So I feel like that's not so a we're discussion. Talking yeah, about you greatest, have to do Panthers. Greatest Panthers, Panthers career. Of all I would time. say greatest player remembered as a Panther. Well, then that begs the question, will Luongo like, long-term be remembered as a Panther 
or will he be remembered as a Vancouver? Canuck? All right, how about majority of games played in the career with the Panthers? Well, either way, I think, I think it's how the player views himself. And there's no doubt that Luongo views himself as a Panther. Yeah, I agree. Because I also I mean, think that the, this, this is not it, a it doesn't really matter. Continue. It doesn't really matter. We all agree. Like it's viewed. I think what we're what we're talking about is what player had, what player or players have had or will have the best Panthers careers. It's Luongo whether right whether now. Luongo's remembered as a Canuck or a Panther or an Islander doesn't really matter. It's how does his Panthers career stack up to other Panther careers? It's Luongo until Bark. You know, but Barkov's not far away. If Barkov, Barkov just signed. Barkov's about to have an. Well, if they if they get to the Stanley Cup Finals, I feel like that clinches it for Barkov. Or if he wins a heart, I mean, Luongo had one playoff appearance as a Panther. I will say one thing. But the team was dog shit. I know, but I'm just saying. Barkov has more individual awards than Roberto Luongo. Yeah, but the Selkie is, it's it's like it's a clown award. Like. Yeah, Bergeron got it this year and it actually counted then, but like a lot of the time it just they give it out randomly. I I wouldn't say randomly, it's just it's reputation based. I don't think the Selkie is is actually given based on performance. Moving on, that said, Bergeron 100% deserved it this year. Yeah, totally. I really Um, don't want to talk about the Selkie. So, I, I think we all agree that Luongo is better if Barkov's career ended right now, but Barkov is on pace to <laughs> but, probably. But Barkov is about to have an eight year extension kick in. All right. Um, <laughs> is Huberto a Hall of Famer? I'm going to say no. If right the now. Panthers win a cup. If, if he can maintain this level of play for another three to five years, which he probably won't. I mean, Three to five, I think he can. Not this level. Okay, but like... You think he's going to be a 100-point player for the next three to five years? I think he's a 90-plus point player for the next three to five years, and if he does that, he has an argument. 613 points in 671 games. Oh, yeah, he's got a long way to go. He, Yeah, that's going to be difficult. I disagree. If you finish your career as a point-per-game player, you have a very good shot of getting into... Right, he has a long way to go to catch up. I feel like nobody else. It's really worth having the discussion. Like Barkov is obviously going to get in, um, and I, w- I wouldn't even say obviously for no, Barkov. There are a lot of lines long. that have to be. Yeah, there are a lot of things that he has to do to get into the Hall of Fame. All right, fair enough. He, uh, you've got to get at least one Stanley Cup if you're uh, Barkov. Like his Luongo production just got in. I Barkov's production alone will not get him into the Hall of Fame. Luongo's performance alone is Hall of Fame worthy. Barkov will need a Stanley Cup to bolster his roster. I don't his, agree uh, with that. Let, let's, so? let's be honest. If Luongo had the exact same career, exact same amount of cup appearance, exact same amount of president's trophies, but the entirety of it was in South Florida, Luongo is not in the Hall of Fame right now. I don't agree with that. Location. If you're saying if the Panthers had Vancouver's 2010s decade, yes, they still they it's still a local team. Two Presidents Trophies in a row. I'm I'm telling Stanley Cup Finals appearance. Let me let me bring up somebody that we're talking about, like a Hall of Fame lock. I I guess we were talking about it before the episode. Pavel Datsuk has 918 career points. Datsuk's a lock to me. 
Absolutely. But he, yeah, he's a lock because he was one of the best defensive forwards of his era. Consistently. Yeah, but he was also amazing offensively. Like you and can't... he also won cups. Who did? Did he win multiple Let's... cups? I, he at least had two. Okay, I didn't realize he, he was on the team in 02. He was on the team in 09. Like... Yeah, so he's got two cops. But he played on the Red Wings prior to the salary cap. Still, so come on. That's, I, I don't care. Doesn't matter. He's also he, one of the 100 his greatest name players is on of the Stanley all time. Cup. Like, I, I don't understand how you can say that Datsuk is a no doubt first ballot and then say Barkov yeah. might not get in. Because Datsuk had a. 14-year career where he was dominant for all 14 of them. Barkov is still only 26 years old. Datsuk won three straight Selkies. Datsuk has two Stanley Cups. All right, like, so I, I and guess... And Datsuk the, also. Bar- Granted, he's not exactly... He's underneath... He's under a point per game. Barkov would have to regress significantly to not think, be on track. I don't think anyone's arguing with you that Barkov is on track to be a no-doubt Hall of Famer. He argument mm. is if Barkov's season ended a career Sasha ended Barkov today. is my favorite player in the NHL. He is not a no doubt Hall of Famer by any stretch of the imagination. I said he's on pace. I'm not even sure I would say he's on pace to be a no doubt Hall of Famer. Disagree. I don't know if Barkov's a first ballot guy without a cup. Okay. Fine. I will okay. He will have the numbers of a first ballot Hall of Famer but he'll still need the hardware. Fair. Can we? Can yes. we move on now? That, that's all I'm saying. We've gotten in. We've gotten. It is way. really hard Daniel to get into Hall of Fame without hardware. Da- like, just I don't necessarily agree with, but like, good for really? him. I like him as a person. as As a player, he was a great player. I I think it would be really tough for someone to make the argument that Barkov is a worse player than Alfredson. Especially if Barkov sp- spends his whole career with the Panthers, like. Voters typically like that when when a player is like so tied to one team. Really, but you just said Yager is a no doubt Hall of Famer to the point where they should waive the uh, <laughs> waive the waiting period. What do you what do you mean voters like when a player only plays for one team, DJ? I think I'm going to change the subject. I'm so disgusted <laughs> by by your injunction. Uh, right. So let's move into the off season a little bit here. Uh, so I, I have conducted a uh or i have made a master spreadsheet for us to collect news on what i think are the most important narratives of the off season and so far there's only been movement on two small uh things so we'll start with maxime mammon is headed back to russia uh russian news outlet has reported that he signed a three-year deal with siska moscow and is unlikely to return to the panthers now of course Russian information is not as reliable as it would be in the States, but I think that we can take this as fact still. Like I, I wouldn't be so shocked that I couldn't believe it if it came out that this was a wrong report, but at the same time, you should basically assume that he's gone. Any, any thoughts well, guys? Cisco's going to pay him a lot of money. Yeah. He had a fine season for the Panthers. I mean, I, don't I would think- say he had a good season. Even I wanted yeah. him back. I will say that. Yeah, sure. I think we all I did. also wanted him back. Right. But you have to look at it from Maxime Mammon's point of view. He's probably not going to get much of a raise from his 975. I doubt he'll get any raise. Well, I'm just saying maybe they're making it even a million flat, like a 25K bump. 
CSK Moscow is going to pay him well millions, not millions, like five to 10 million, but like at least two to three million US to that. That typically isn't what even the biggest names make in the KHL. No, like Kovalchuk was getting like five, 10, five plus million. And I'm pretty sure it was more than that. Either way, Maxine Mammon has the option of being a bottom six player, not playing every night for the Florida Panthers, or being a first-line player on the number one team in the KHL, making more money in his home country. Three to four times as much money. There's not really a debate what's better for Maxine Mammon. He gets to play at home, gets to play with his fan in front. I'm not sure if he's married or not, but gets to be around his family, gets more money, and gets more ice time. There's zero downside here. Like, this is an easy decision for him. Just, so just for him. posterity, uh, I'm looking at an article from 2020. The it's, claims it's a translation of the a Sports Express Russian media outlet report of the top paid KHL players. And nobody on this list makes more than two million. And once you get out of the top ten, nobody makes a million. And I personally don't think that Max Mammon is going to be in the top ten in terms of earnings. So I, I really think that what he's got to be chasing here is that three-year deal, and it's probably close to a million dollars per year, but not above it. But that three-year security is, you know, it's it's going to set him up that he doesn't necessarily need to do anything after that. And he can still support himself for the rest of his life. And it's also going home in a time of unrest for their country. Look, we can, you know, we're all obviously very pro Ukraine, but if you are a (laughs) Russian citizen who is obviously favors your own country, the security of going home is pretty good right now. Shout out Artemi Panarin for being vocally anti-Russia. Yeah. But he's also like the guy he supports is also a whack job in its own right. So it's not like yeah, that's true. is some altruistic, you know, savior here. Like he he's just he's a fan of some Alex, other like cult. let me ask you a question. How many Russian players in NHL history have vocally spoken out against Vladimir Putin? Uh just him. Right. Well, I'm sure there were other ones. I think there was one other actually. They recently, just end up in a gulag real fucking quick. Not if they're in the NHL and staying there. Don't hear about them again, and they get like men in black wiped from our memories. Yeah, I I held up the thing for those of you listening on the podcast. Uh, (laughs) The memory wiper thing for men in black. It's the deneuralizer. The neuralizer. Thank you. The deneuralizer. You fucking idiot. (laughs) All right. So know your fucking pop culture, TJ. I don't know it. Um. So then the second piece of news: friend of the show, former guest of the show, Matt Kierstead. Two-year contract extension, not a surprise. He was an RFA. Um, first year, he'll be making $750,000 if he was with the big club, and it's uh, 200000 if he's in the AHL. The second year is a one-way contract. So the Panthers obviously expect him to be in the NHL by the season after that. I mean, if they isn't, then it's not a massive risk, but like you're giving him NHL money regardless of whether or not he's in the NHL or the AHL. What, what do you guys think? I, I think it was a necessary signing. Like, look, you're hoping, well, we're hoping you lose Ben Sherratt in the off season. 
uh, the Panthers have some salary machinations to make, you know, to do like who knows if Radko Gudis or even Brandon Montour or like one of them, maybe, you know, cap casualties this offseason. Like Matt Kirsten's a fine number seven and a defenseman right now. Good AHL defenseman. Yeah. Um, so to give him that security, like the big thing for Matt Kirsten is he's making $250,000 next year, whether or not he's in the NHL. And that's life-changing money. Obviously, it's not, you know, the millions that these guys, you know, some of the established players in the NHL are making, but to go from $30,000, $40,000 a year, which for the amount of hours they put in is barely minimum wage, to $250,000 knowing like, hey, I can buy a house off that money. I can, you know, yeah. I don't, not, I'm not sure how uh, college scholarship, hockey scholarships work if they're full scholarships or partial, but if he's got leftover, you know, loans, he can pay those, you know, he can pay off his school loans, $250,000 a year and a million overall to play hockey for a guy like Matt Kirstead, who's a borderline NHLer, like that's life-changing money. That's an easy decision for him. And I'm glad that uh, the Panthers could set him up. Uh, his story is still yet to be written in a big way. Cause we really haven't seen a, enough of him to suggest what he's going to end up being. It's, yeah. you know, there's, there's definitely a likelihood that he'll end up just, you know, floating around Europe in the minor leagues, but we're definitely rooting for him. No, no question about that. So that that's pretty much it in terms of stuff that we have like gotten resolved. And I'm going to create an intrigue index here, which is uh, volatility that you think this particular situation could go either way times impact. So this is the, that's the intrigue index here. For example, the Sergei Bobrovsky trade talk. We all agree that if he were to get moved, that would be a huge deal. That yeah. would be massive. Tremendous. But it doesn't seem all that likely because of his no movement clause and because of how that contract already kind of operates as a de facto no movement clause. It's really difficult to think about trades that might even work if Bob agreed to them. Like, so, so that has oh, to be down easy. the list for me. John Tortorello is just tired in Philadelphia, so send him to the Flyers because those two get along famously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get Travis Sanheim back, no retention either way. I, that Perfect. seems fair to me. Perfect. And obviously Bobrovsky would waive his no-move clause to go play for John Tortorella again. Still, I feel like that's been out there in the media enough that like people, people have to think that there's a real possibility. I'm not saying high possibility, but like a possibility that it does eventually end up happening. The other three things that I think are the most important things to watch this offseason that like we can actually project because if like they tra- trade Barkov, that would obviously be the number one thing to happen this offseason. But like, <laughs> We can't project that actually happening. So other than the Bobrovsky trade talks, I've got Patrick Hornquist trade talks, Claude Giroux UFA watch, and Ben Sherratt UFA watch. I would add Jonathan Huberto uh, extension watch. Okay, that's another that's another good one. Actually, I'm going to add Mason Marchman as well. And that's the yeah, that's the other one. Although so that's got, honestly we've got six less stories that yeah. we're tracking. For the intrigue watch, which again is 
volatility, how likely it could go either way, multiplied by impact, how big a deal it is or is not happening makes. And the six things that we're going to talk about are the Patrick Hornquist trade talks, Sergey Bobrovsky trade talks, Giroux UFA, Marchment UFA, Sherat UFA, and Jonathan Huberto extension for this offseason. So in, in terms of intrigue, what's number one for you guys? In terms of pure intrigue, it's, it's, it's Bobrovsky. Because the impact is that large that even though it doesn't seem like it's particularly likely that it gets traded. It's just such a big deal. If it's possible. the fact that it's even on the table is remarkable. Uh, my, my least favorite part about all the Bobrovsky talks, the rumor about the Panthers being willing to retain half of the contract. I mean, in a, in a situation that makes sense, I, I guess I'd be okay with it because you just got to think about it as a sunk cost. There is no situation that it makes sense. I mean, there kind of is. No, there isn't. And here is why. When do the Panthers need that cap space? Right now. Because you have a $5 million cap hit from uh, Keith Yandel. They need that cap space now. If you dump Bobrovsky, you are not going to go into next year with a minimum salary goalie as Knight's backup. Why? Yes, you tr- because, you, because you don't want Carter Hart 2.0. Not that we expect, like, if it is absolute gross mismanagement if you do not have a reliable backup to, to Spencer Knight. The Philadelphia Flyers destroyed Carter Hart by showing up with Brian Elliott for years who couldn't even get above, like, an 880 save percentage. So when Carter Hart struggled, like, they just went down with the ship and destroyed an excellent young goaltender. It would be criminal if you put if you take the same risks with Spencer Knight, you have to have an established number two, whether it's a Jaroslav Halak, a, uh, Bra- uh, a, is Braden Holtby, Brendan Holtby, Braden Holtby, Holtby. <laughs> like you so know. established that you don't even know his name. I'm blanking on the name. Right I, I, I had two depositions today of four hours long combined. Plus had to do like three different motions that took me a combined like four hours to write. I am gassed at this point. All right, so we'll pick it up then. I yeah, like still that's think it's another possible thing. that you can sign a reliable backup for cheaper than Bobrovsky's than half of Bobrovsky's contract. Yeah, I mean Yaro Halak made what like one and a half million. Okay, this past season. Eric Comrie's a fucking Group Six UFA. He was making league men. That's not above. the type of player they that's, need. Okay, let's say Halak. So you're going to spend one and a half on Halak. That makes your means your net savings is $3.5 million. Is it really worth $3.5 million to downgrade from Bobrovsky to Halak? First of all, Bobrovsky to Halak is arguably an upgrade. Yeah, that's the that's one of the things here. Not re, not this past the likelihood of Bobrovsky having this season again over the next five years. I would put it pretty low. The, the real question is like, can you replace what Bobrovsky would do for less than $5 million? Probably. Yeah. Not the season yes. he just had, but the seasons that I would expect him to have over the next five years. It's only four, yeah. thankfully. But uh, I, I, I'm, that's where I am. 
we're just going to have to see what happens. I, I ultimately fear that it will die down. Like that's the trade talk will die down. That's the most likely outcome, but you know, it's out there right now. So like hope springs eternal. What's number two in your guys' mind? Cause I have a clear number two. True. Yes. Yeah. How are we feeling? I mean, not they, hopeful. They have to clear the salary first. Like, I think if you, if you, if we see, I think there'll be two bellwethers of whether or not Drew is coming back. One is we see um, Patrick Hornquist traded with zero money coming back at the draft. And the second is they don't trade Hornquist at the draft, but you do not see Drew sign at free agency. And he just kind of lingers out there kind of like the way Riley. I mean, it, it got out there that Riley Smith's going back to Vegas, but like Riley Smith's not going to same sign. contract. It's funny. Oh, Riley Smith's going to go, but Riley Smith's going back. Like he's not signing until the regular season starts and Vegas can put some guys on LTIR. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, the way that it seems to me, I think that he's going to sign on free agency day. He's going to sign a short term, like three or four years, big money deal in Ottawa. Cause he can both catch in and go home. I know, I, I know that, I know that the, that like uh, Ottawa has been the place that a lot of people have pointed out, but Giroux is in the cup chasing portion of his career. He's not going to Ottawa. I could see him going to Ottawa two or three years from now. I yep. think he, I was going to say he's going to do another year or two with the team like the Panthers and then go back to Ottawa. Look, maybe he doesn't stick with the Panthers, but like, unless like I think if the Panthers could come up with like three and a half to four million over like the next two years, so like a two seven to eight million eight uh, total money deal, I think he signs and stays. If the Panthers can't make the cap space, I think he will then go and try and find that similar contract yeah. somewhere else, preferably on the East Coast because he clearly wants to stay close to his family in Philadelphia, and you know maybe on the West Coast, maybe Colorado because Colorado is going to have some money and they're losing players. But those well, are his options, money. and then Ottawa. I think Ottawa is like, hey, I couldn't chase a cup for decent money unless it was like one million AAV. Fine, I'll take my you know, three by seven retirement contract now. Yeah. I, I don't know if like this is going to come off as mean, but like, I, I just don't think that he's going to sacrifice that much money to chase a cop. I disagree. He was, he was I'm probably the Alex. most emotionally upset about the playoff loss of any Panther. Like he was breaking sticks left and right towards the end of that uh, Tampa series. Cause he was so angry with what was happening. That does not look like a guy to me that is I honestly that's ready to go home and and just play out the rest and, of his career. Like he wants and not to make the playoffs again. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going back to Philly. I don't think for the record money. three three years from now, Ottawa could very well be a playoff team. True. Right. He's but, not going back there today, though. But playoff team, like that's not what Claude Giroux is looking for. I mean, no, none of us are Claude Giroux. Well, I mean, too, there's also the argument to be made that if you're a playoff team, then you can win a cup. Tyler Boucher will lead the Senators to the promised land. Players in Claude Giroux's position don't go to teams that hope to make the playoffs. Right. They go to teams Three years from now when he's 38 years old, 37, 38 years old, 
Maybe. Right. Maybe he, t- you know, and then instead of a three year, 27 million AAV, it's a one year, $7 million deal where it's just like, Hey, I'll play one year at home for big money. And yeah, you know, and then hang them up. Right. Pay off. If the Panthers won the cup this year, then sure. Maybe Giroux goes back to Ottawa and is there as a presence to lead the new generation of senators players, but he's still got gas left in the tank and he's not going to just settle for the rest for, for the next couple of years. All right. You know what? I think you guys convinced me. I don't think he's going to sign in Ottawa, but we'll see where he ends up signing. Uh, so where do we want to go next? I have two in mind. The next guys... most impactful one to me is Huberto, even though that's not even a this season impactful. That's... Everything we've heard is that that deal is going to get done this offseason. The Panthers do not want to wait on it. Whether or not that's the right thing to do, that seems to be what's happening. I just hope they don't give him a matching contract to Barkov. I hope it's eight by eight because – He's definitely I don't see how you worth. match Barkov. He's two, he's two years old. I hope it's not eight years. <laughs> it's going to be eight years. If your options are, let's say, six by nine and like eight by seven, I think you go with the eight by seven. Yeah. Because you need the cap space now. Worry yeah. about eight years from, uh, well, let's say six years. Well, from that's now, the Tom the, or uh, the TJ Oshi conversation. Right. The Capitals don't give a shit what they're paying TJ Oshie right now. They already won their cup. Right. Right. And he was good. So yeah, fair enough. Like, like we, like the the long term planning for the Florida Panthers is over. You are making decisions for now. Like you gave up your draft picks. You are making decisions for today. Well, you know, if you end up like uh, like Washington or even worse, Chicago, six years from now. Fine. Fine. That means you won a cup and you fucking take your cup and deal with your cap casualties. Right. You have to, you know, hopefully you have a better GM than Stan Bowman at the helm, which I think we're all in agreement that Bill Zito is way better than Stan Bowman. Yes. Bill Zito is certainly better than current Stan Bowman. Early Stan Bowman did a hell of a job with the Blackhawks team. Okay. Yeah. But when you're just like collecting. Fuck them for other reasons, but. Yeah. Um, either way, moving on. Yeah, I, I think if you can get Huberto done now at a reasonable number, it's going to happen. Yeah, I would I'm give him ten million dollars if he stays eight, three to four years. Eight, eight times eight. Personally, I wouldn't do it because I don't want to give that kind of player a big term deal anyway, and I especially would not want to do it after a what is obviously a career outlier year. Like maybe he's this kind of player forever now, but like. I really doubt it. I would uh, agree with Alex that he's a 90-point player, though. He's done that two seasons in a row now. And that's he's been fair on enough. pace for, for more than two seasons. All right. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. He's been on pace, at or on pace for that, for three, for three years in a row, for at least 90. No, four years in a row. Four? Yeah. 25, he had 92 and 82. Uh, at his 26th year, he had 78 and 69, and the nice. COVID shortened year, 61 and 55. Oh, and wow. Last year, 115 and 80. He's a 90 plus point player. Those guys get 8 million AAV all day, every day. The other thing about Huberto that you have to consider when thinking about his next contract is Sam Reinhardt. He's not going to make less money than Sam Reinhardt. No. 
Super Reinhardt has to make six and a half. Like, come on. Obviously not. Isn't Reinhardt on a seven? No, it's six, six and a half. It's six or six and a half? It's six and a half. Okay. Either way. Six and a half. Okay. Yeah, the sweet spot for Huro is somewhere between Reinhardt and Barkov. Yeah. All right. While we're talking contracts, I feel like this is the next point. We should talk about Mason Marchman and potentially him getting a new contract. Frank Saravelli on the most recent or no, not the most recent, the one last week on Friday, the DFO rundown, when they were talking about free agency, he said something I found very interesting. He said that he's spoken to a lot of teams who really don't feel comfortable with Mason Marchman's sample size. Sweet. They don't necessarily trust that that's a repeatable season that he had last year. Awesome. So I think it, this is shaping That's the up best news I've heard all day. Like, is probably going to come back. Like if I had to handicap it, I would say two, two by two. If I had to handicap it, I would say that like, he's looking at the Uyghur, the contract that Uyghur is currently on as the rubric, like three times three or something like that. It's really tough to handicap it though, because very few of these kind of contract negotiations have ever happened. Like typically when you get to UFA and you're a, a commodity that's wanted, you have a long sample size of success and Marchman has one season of incredible success and then a career of underwhelming results. I'll what, take that. What's kind of funny is this is kind of the analytics, you know, a hockey guy argument all over again for a player that hockey guys should love. But, you know, everyone, I mean, if you look at Marchman's underlying numbers, they're all fantastic. And it's Amazing. like, this is a guy you should be jumping on, but the hockey men, it's like, well, he only did it one year. It's the, it's the Bukla argument. He did it one year and he did it on a stacked team. Therefore Adam Fox is garbage. And that's what hockey men apparently, if, I if this is I'm true, a better scout than than Bukla than Jason Bukla. It's if, the, if what Saravelli is reporting is true, like that's a dream situation for the Panthers. If you can yep. get Marchment back for any amount of years under three million AAV, you are doing backflips because two by two. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's if Zito can walk out of this off season where the only main roster player he loses is Ben Patrick, Well, Patrick Hornquist in terms of guys under contract, and he can find a way to bring back Marchment and Giroux, like, erect the fucking statue. That would be something. I was going to say, then give him GM of the year for next season already, but the fact of the matter is he should have won it this year. He should have won it last year. And wasn't even a finalist. Well, like, it's fucking I, stupid. I, I do not think he should have won it this year. because Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Pick because for Ben, ben Sherratt. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to litigate Bill Zito. Here's, here's the thing, and this is why GMs should never vote on awards. The amount of effort they put into it is like is less than zero. The average Twitter egg takes more time looking around the NHL for like who actually did a good job than NHL GMs. NHL GMs are focused on their team and who they can get from other teams to help their team. average Twitter egg. 
all NHL <laughs> like, throwback oh, year after year. All we see is the three finalists are three of the four teams of the four teams in the conference finals. I mean, Mark Bergevin got, uh, G, you know, was a GM uh, right. a finalist last year for a team. Yeah, everyone that had half a brain cell knew was trash. Mark but Bergevin because- got fired. And you know, the season following that being I wanted to bring up, and I'm going to forget it if I don't butt in. Remember our trade deadline episode? Remember who we were talking about had good trade deadlines? We said Colorado. We said New York. We said Tampa. We're smart. We're smart. Though, we are smart Twitter eggs. Though I will say, man, I really wanted uh, Lekkonen. The Rangers are still frauds, even with their like they had a really good post deadline regular season. They got to the end of the playoffs and went back to pre deadline Rangers, where they just got yep. fucking caved. Yeah, at five on. Five. I mean, our whole thing with New York was they had a good enough deadline that Chesterkin should be able to carry them through a couple of rounds. Right, mm-hmm. but like we never said they would win the cup. <laughs> no, we didn't. But but you have people saying like, oh, look how good the Rangers are, and see. Like, look at all, how all these depth moves worked. And it's like, yeah, they worked for 20 games and the games actually mattered again. And they went back to relying on their goalie. That is a one-player team. They have great other pieces on that roster. One player takes Shesterkin off that roster. And Adam the Fox playoffs. won the Norris last year. Okay. But what kind of impact did he have on that team? Kreider scored 50 goals. And if you remove Igor Shesterkin, they don't make the playoffs. That's true. What, like that's, that's sort of why I, I understand people being excited about their their not career, their, their like future, because the, the top end of the roster is clearly delivering, and it's the bottom end that they really got to fix. Well, the thing is, the top end Remember this year gives up energy at 41 goals in 51 games. <laughs> the top end of the roster only produced on the power play. Chris Kreider's production was almost entirely power play. Mm. Like I think yeah, it was I like mean, 30 plus goals on the power play. Those are unheard of numbers. That is, that is ridiculous. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing I'm not looking exactly here. I, I'm curious now actually, because I am going to look it up. Uh, even if that's right, that still means he scored 20 goals at five on five, which is still very good. That is exactly how many he scored at five on five. He had 23 goals. At five on no 23 even strength goals, 26 power. No, he has six five on five goals this year. No, that's not true. That's playoffs. You are correct. Yeah, uh, he had 24 five on 20, yeah, 25 on five goals. So he had more five on four four goals than five on five goals. 25 on five, 26. They still count though, so like credit to him. The one thing I will no. say is that Artemi Panarin like really took a step back this year. Amazingly, oh, Bobrovsky yeah, was true. probably better this year than Panarin. True. So, like I was wrong. We're relitigating that whole thing again, and I was wrong this time for one season. Yeah, no, for just, one I'm of the seven that. years I'm that they're both. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> again, I'm just saying that's a like, look. You know, Chris Kreider is a very good player. Uh, Mika Zibinich is a very good player. Adam Fox is an amazing defenseman. But again, when all of your team's success relies on 
Igor Shosturkin being a Vesna god, not just a Vesna Trophy winner, a god, you aren't a good roster. Sorry. No, no. Sorry, Rangers fans. Shut up. I hope, they, I hope they re-sign Andrew Kopp because that was a fit made in heaven. That was a match made in heaven. Like, that really worked. Frank Vitrano also, like, great pickup for them. Like, he Oh, won. yeah. Vitrano went off uh, well, on the Rangers. But that's what Frank Vitrano is. He gets, he gets red hot, scores a bunch of goals in a few games, and then disappears for 20 games. Yeah, and also, like, the price is influencing how it went for us because, like, they didn't need to pay anything to get him. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on it. Like, yeah. Does Frank Vitrano help the Panthers in the playoffs? Yes. Do they probably regret in terms of what it meant to the Panthers making that move? Probably because they didn't need to because Ekblad got hurt the next night. But like that was Bill Zito doing right by one of his players. Yes. Where in the future, like if he's, you know, negotiating or trying to get a free agent where it's like, and it's the same thing that he did with, uh, What's his name last year that didn't work? Uh, uh, yes, Vinny, Vinny Hinnestroza. Like, hey, it didn't work. I'm going to do right by you and send you somewhere you can play because I don't want Not my, even I that. Want my send reputation. you home. Hinnestroza yeah, is from, from Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, I don't want my reputation being, hey, I'm going to bury guys in the press box that are more than good enough to not be in the press box. So he did right by Vitrano. He did right by Hinnestroza. So when he, you know, when he's going out there trying to get free agents, he's got a good rep. All right. Um, let's talk about Patrick Hornquist. <laughs> All that to say that Marchment may very well return to the Panthers. <laughs> yes, right. Let's talk about Patrick Hornquist. Get out. I, I feel unlikely. like this is coming. Like, I think I it's going like to happen on draft day. Unlikely. That they move him? You think it's unlikely that they move him? I think I, I disagree. I think like there's an, a 75% chance it happens on draft day. I will be happy. I just, I, the team likes Hornquist. The team they obviously they like him, but him. like, it's just, they've gone out of their way to, you know, make without actually saying them, their, their actions are speaking that sentimentality is not going to stand in the way of them winning True. and they cannot, allow their sentimental connection to Patrick Hornquist, keep them from resolving this cap crunch by getting rid of him. And it's really True. not about him as a player, him as a person, anything like that. It's the cap hit. He's too old. He does not play the minutes, does not have the impact requisite to that cap hit. They know it. I oh. really, really think he's out the door. I think it's going to happen at, at draft night. I think it's going to be to one of these teams that's like, just exiting their rebuild, trying to get into the playoffs. I think it's going to be like uh, New Jersey, Detroit, maybe Vancouver if they trade. Yes, <laughs> Vancouver, who notably don't have salary cap space. That's recently. the problem. Yeah, but Vancouver is about to, Vancouver is open for business. They're going to be doing a lot of Horn shifting the deck chairs. Horn quest for Besser. Yeah, the problem is that doesn't really solve the Panthers' problems either. The Panthers yes, it shed does. It makes them better. They need to shed salary, though, when Besser's going to get... It, I think Besser's qualified offers They like have 7 money for better players. That solves two problems in one. Alex, are you closer to me or Jake in terms of your projection of what will happen? Oh, I, I'm with you 100%. I think they get... I mean, Dwork was telling us that there's teams that are showing interest in Hornquist. I don't... He didn't, you know, he didn't specify whether or not that 
you know, the Panthers would have to pay to get rid of him, but like teams want Hornquist. I think it's going to be like a um, Marc-Andre Fleury trade. I think that they're going to get back a minor leaguer that is essentially nothing. And that that's going to be it. Hornquist for Quinn Hughes. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, dream big about that. All right. Uh, so we didn't want to talk about it really, but we should. Ben Sherratt, unrestricted free agent, somebody that the Panthers paid big to acquire, and a former, not necessarily favorite, but he's played for Paul Maurice, and Paul Maurice didn't seem to hate him. I don't know. Like, this is tough to handicap. What do you guys think? I mean, uh, fuck oh Ben Sherratt is what bad. I think. Oh, obviously, like, I think that it goes without saying what we all think about pretty much all of these, maybe not Giroux, maybe not Huberto, maybe not Marchment, but like we all want to trade Hornquist. We all want to trade Bobrovsky and we all want Ben Sherratt to get a gift basket, thanking him for being a part of the first Panthers playoff win in 26 years, et cetera, et cetera. I but don't like, think they're going to. It, I, and Bill Zito, uh, I don't very think they clearly, can afford him. That's the Zito thing. very clearly likes not renting players. That's the other thing. Yeah, like you can make the argument that like he can really only keep one of Giroux and Sherratt, and like it's pretty obvious which one he should keep. Yeah, there's there's a clear right answer to that question. And I'll give you a hint: it's not the defenseman. Mm-hmm. Are, does the Paul Maurice thing? scare any of you guys or do you I mean when did Sherratt oh that's right Sherratt was in Winnipeg I forgot about that yeah we're all clearly scared by Paul Maurice in terms of the Sherratt impact sure but I mean look didn't Sherratt actually have decent seasons in Winnipeg though I think no I think that he was pretty much what he what he was he definitely wasn't just what he was I, I I remember when I looked at his underlying numbers that either, like his Winnipeg stuff did not scare me, like his Montreal stuff. Either way, if well, you know, the three quote unquote key guys that are not under contract that the Panthers I could lied. bring. Yeah, he <laughs> did. Wasn't good. That, He's the, a number the, five defenseman that's being overplayed for some reason. Anyway, go ahead, Alex. There's three, I mean, it, there's three key players not under contract. It's Sherratt, it's Giroux, it's Marchman. If if Sherratt is brought back... <laughs> Sorry, I just love Marchman in the same breath as Sherratt and Giroux. Well, I mean, honestly, the more the more of a joke is Sherratt in the same breath. Right. But, like, if, if... Let's say if you can bring two of those three back and Sherratt is one of the two, unless, like, Giroux gets, like, takes the seven-by-three deal or whatever, or the three-by-seven deal... If you know, if you if you choose Sherratt over Giroux or Marshman, like what the fuck, Zito? And if you can only bring one of the three back, and you bring back Ben Sherratt, you literally undo so much of the goodwill you've done as GM because that's just a baffling decision. Yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. All right, so the other unrestricted free agents just to run through them and yell out if you think that we should try to keep any of them. Nola Chari. Minimum Robert deal Hague, if he wants it. No, Marcus fuck him. Chase Prisky is a group six. Hopefully he comes back. 
Yeah, I'd keep Brisky. AHL guy. But Terry Lindbaum, Joe yeah. Thornton, that's going to be yes. him, I feel like. Keep Thornton. And then uh, Christopher Gibson also, but whatever. I mean, if Achari wants to come back at the men, he's a good 13th forward. Uh, but Terry Lindbaum, he was fine, but he can go back to Finland if he yeah, wants. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want him even as an eighth defenseman, to be honest. Um, Chase Prisky, if you want to give him a similar deal to Kierstead, you know, 250K to stay in the AHL, 750 if he may. He plays in the NHL with the understanding, hey, you're probably going to spend the entire year in the AHL again, but here's some decent money. I think that's reasonable. Um, Joe Thornton, I agree with Jacob. Like, if he wants to come back on another 750K deal to, you know, play 20 or 30 games and provide veteran presence in the locker room, absolutely. Yeah, I'm with Alexi you. Alexi Emmy is also an RFA. These are, those easy. are RFAs. We didn't talk about that. <laughs> Uh, well, let's just start talking about them now. So the RFAs are E2, Lusterinen, Carlson. Yeah. You you just give him his QO and call it a day. What, Lusterinen? Yeah. Actually, yeah. no, I take it back. I feel like he's going to get a two by two or something yeah. like that. No. Two by no. one and a half or something like that. He'll get a, a minor a, he, he and Carlson also have arbitration rights this year. Maybe, maybe um, one by one. Maybe uh, yeah, eight fifty. No, I could see that too getting a two-year deal. And Carlson, Edson's a player I think I'd is like gonna to get keep. like nine hundred thousand. Carlson is also yeah, a player I would like to keep. I do want to keep him around. Like jokes aside, I feel like he is a good third pairing defenseman. You should want to keep him. Neither player is gonna, gonna get over a million. Cheap. What were you saying? Neither player is gonna get over a million. They'll both be I back could see a two getting a million. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Hepaniemi. You know, Hepo, you you qualify. He's he in qualify. that tweener zone where, like, you know, Hepaniemi's got one more chance to prove that he's worth paying attention to. Yeah, because like you can get a Hepaniemi like player on the street for nothing. It's not even like he's bad. You know, it, it's just a matter of like he's easily replaceable. And uh, he just he he hasn't gotten used to North American pro ice yet. He was an he was amazing in the WHL. He was really good in Finland. He just uh, has not made that transition yet. He you give him one more chance on a qualifying offer to prove that he's worth devoting resources to, and then you either cut ties or keep him around. Yeah, just to be clear, not significant resources. You know, he's going to be making a minor amount of money. Speaking of guys that were amazing in Liga, I did want to mention, because we haven't mentioned it on the podcast, that uh, they signed the Liga top scorer, Anton Lebchi, to a one-year deal, 26-year-old player. Uh, I am declaring him Jewish. Fair enough. uh, Because he has Levi in his name. Sure. You You can adopt him into the tribe. So, congratulations, Anton Levchi. You are uh, honor. You are honorary Jewish. Yeah, it's a it's a two way deal, but it does come with a ninety two thousand dollars signing bonus. I can't tell if this is a entry level deal. I don't think he's so. twenty six. Yeah, I don't think that he would have required one. This no, I don't. This does not count as an ELSA. Either way, you have to take swings. Actually on value players because you need to re- you need to fill out your bottom six. If you don't bring back Drew, you need a top six winger. 
Like these are things you have to find this off season and you don't have the money to do it. So going to Europe and offering, you know, ELC type money <laughs> to every high score you can find is good business. Anyone want to take a guess what team in Liga Anton Levchi played for? Tampere. Played for Tapara Tampere, Sasha Barkov's team. All right, and going from uh, – I was going to say Sweden. So, anyway, Levchi for heart. direction. From Finland to Sweden, they have signed Kali, and I'm not going to do the last name, S-J-A with an umlaut, L-I-N. Slav. Wait, the A has an umlaut? Yes. Uh, he Hold is a Does elite prospect 22-year-old Swede who had 22 points in 46 SHL games last year. Pretty good for a defenseman. I honestly didn't really look much into this when it happened, but like, this is a nice signing. Hopefully he's somebody that can turn into another Lucas Carlson. Take all the swings you can. Yep. Oh, he's even sweet. Fifth round pick by the New York Rangers back in 2017. 22 points in 46 games in the SHL is not bad. For a defenseman, that's pretty decent. The the SHL is a tough league. Yes, it is. Very good. Very good. Um, I'm going to uh, guess that his last name is Sialin. Okay, I'll I'll go with it. But as Alex said on Twitter, he's got to wear number eight because his first name's Kali. Come on, Jacob, make the connection. Kalie, Kaye, oh, baby, (laughs) Kaye Ocho. Vamos. has to be number eight. If he is not number eight, Alex, I would be so upset. I have lived in Florida for 17 years. I lived in Miami in particular for three of those 17 years. I don't speak Spanish. Yeah, but everyone knows Calle Ocho. Including me. So there you go. But it, it does not come into my mind very quickly. Come on, you're a fellow fatty. Haven't you not eaten at Calle Ocho like a thousand times? Of course I have. Okay, then. All right. Moving on. If he's not number eight, we riot. Yeah, that's got to happen. No, with Sherratt leaving, I would assume that Matt Kierstead is going to reclaim number eight. No, Matt. It has to be Calle Ocho. It has to happen for the meme of it. Yeah, you can have oh, number that three. Be so I mean, maybe, fun. maybe Kierstead wants number three. True. We'll see. Um, so free agency draft-wise, is there anything you guys are kind of honed in on? I mean, it's going to be value hunting. And I haven't necessarily done the digging that I would like to in terms of who's going to be the value hunting guys. Have you thought of anybody? I only have one name in mind, but Alex, go for it. No, no, no. You go, T- Jacob, you can go first. The only name that I really have in mind um, is Calvin DeHaan, who is a guy that I had as a trade target at this deadline uh, for like a potentially inexpensive second pairing defenseman. Uh, and I think you could also pick him up in free agency as yeah, a potentially like inexpensive be, second pairing defenseman. Cheap. So I like that one. Alex? I have it on good authority that there is no diamond in the rough this offseason. There is no Verhage. There is no Bunting. There is no Marchessault. Well, there won't always be. Right. But I'm, I'm just saying I have it on good authority that there isn't one this year that is out there. I remember they were talking about this sort of thing on the DFL rundown. Again, the same podcast. If you want to hear what they said about Marchment, you can go back and listen to it from Friday. 
And they were like, those signings, Marges over Hagee, those only happen like once every five years. And I was like, wow, we had two of those signings that only happen once every five years in the whole league. And they happened about five years apart. Yeah. Shout out to Cam and Josh. I mean, Columbus is going to get somebody good, I'm sure. (laughs) Shout out to Dale Talon. Um, I was kind of intrigued about making Bill Kessel really cheap as a power play guy. Does that make sense? No. First of all, Phil Kessel and really cheap probably do not go hand in hand. Remember, he didn't even get moved at the deadline. Well, he didn't get moved at the deadline, and it's exactly why the Panthers shouldn't pick him up. Right, yeah. Because no one wants to have the the um, Iron Man the pressure of the of ending the Iron Man streak, especially not the fucking Panthers. Right, he is not a who already he, took heat for that. He is recently. Good, he is not a good fit for the Florida Panthers. He's just not. Like it honestly, I feel bad for Yandel that he's going to lose his Iron Man streak so quickly. Especially when like didn't he already? He, no. Well, I'm saying like he's going to lose the record. Yeah, oh. yeah, that. What about yes. Jan Ruda? That would be funny. I would be interested in Ruda. I would take him. The issue is... If you Jan, love stealing good players from Tampa. Jan, Jan Ruda is only a Panther for close to league minimum because they just don't have the cap space. And why would you move from Tampa to Florida if you can just take league minimum and stay Sunrise, in Tampa? but yeah. Like, this is all... hoping that tampa's like you know it's just time to move on and play cal foot or something like that yeah and i know that's what tampa fans want well i mean ruda was a a, remember prior to the point injury ruda was the one that was going to get scratched in the panther series yeah um mark pezik bring him back prius another tampa unironically like yeah (laughs) who knows if tampa wants to bring him back but I wouldn't mind Corey Perry as your Hornquist replacement. No. But doesn't that mean we're going to lose in the finals? Yes. Well, that means I mean, we that does mean that you make it to the finals. Like, I'll fucking take it at this point. No, I refuse. That would be amazing if Corey Perry signs with the Panthers, loses three straight Stanley Cups, and then wins finally. If the Florida Panthers sign Corey Perry though. and win the Cup with him, I will punish myself by buying a Corey Perry jersey. He's he's All got right, one more year. Down. He's got one more year. He was, um, look, he was you know fantastic. In he crushed the Panthers. I am he I am literally telling you, he is not a free agent. He's so got sad. one more year. Oh, oh, he's got one more year. Yeah. I thought you meant uh, he has like one more good year left in him. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I thought he was on a one year one more. Yeah, they got him on a two two year contract. At the time, I thought that was a great move. Like he, he was, yeah, no. Signing Corey Perry is never a great move. Yeah, you guys want to know who's a UFA on a team that's going to be in a cap crunch jacob mcdonald he touched the cup 26th <laughs> you counted i didn't count there was a post about it oh someone posted it yeah someone did he play in the, the playoffs order. i don't think so right i don't think he did <laughs> he played eight games this whole season and did not he, he got injured yeah, Remember, but he, I mean, he, he was mostly in the AHL, but like they had crazy depth this year. I mean, they scratched Ryan Murray in the playoffs. That might be somebody to look at. Ooh, you know, I would be very interested in Ryan Murray. Small, small bet. 
he like obviously Ryan Murray's had huge injury issues, but like the defensive defenseman talent is clearly there. Um, I would love to grab Jake McDonald. Future episode draft is coming up. The Panthers don't have a pick in the first two rounds, so there's no point in us talking about potential draftees because. Once you get to the third round, anything could happen. So we would be flying so blind, try even trying to talk about the draft. So yeah. I I have the elite prospects draft guide. Uh, so whoever they take, I will be able to tell you who uh, who they're like. You know what 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 the, what's the deal with this guy? So make sure to keep on the Panther Puri feed for all the smart takes that aren't by me because they're from the elite <laughs> prospects draft guide. Be sure to keep uh, keep following Panther Paris for expert draft analysis for something that we just agreed we're not even going to pay attention to. Yeah, if there's a Hornquist trade, if there's a Giroux signing, Marchment signing, uh, Sherratt signing. Fuck you. I hope that doesn't happen. If something else happens where a major player gets traded, we'll do an emergency episode. We always like to do those for the major roster moves. And other than that, draft, free agency, and hopefully some interviews, of course, the course of the season. We like and to do that in the summer. August. Off-season. What'd you say? And <laughs> then August. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be. Is there, a wor- is there a worse time of year in the sports calendar than like right now? Yes. I, I think that the draft season is kind of fun. The, the okay, free agency so is kind of fun. All right, <laughs> right. Post July first is what I mean. Like right, yeah, like, like right. Like well, once you get past that stuff, I'm I'm lucky in that like I, there's something about most of this Americans major American sports that appeal to me. Like I'm a big MLS fan, so I'll enjoy MLS as the season goes along. Not really baseball as much. I I'll watch the playoffs when it's on and when I'm free. But uh, yeah, like soccer will keep me going thankfully but even the premier league is gone so you know it, it's definitely the worst part of the calendar in my opinion like once once the nh nhl and nba free agency is over like all we have is baseball baseball and i just can't do it anymore <laughs> like baseball just does not grab my attention and you're and like Cuban, I, so it's not going to be a starter with the with mls i actually don't mind soccer but i'm not like into it like you know if if, if slash when messi joins you um Enter Miami, like I'll be excited. Oh, you mean it. the same Leo Messi who has a lightning jersey, number 10? No, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that dude. Fuck that dude. Ronaldo better. <laughs> um, Gareth Bale just signed with the LAFC. Yeah, we'll we'll see about what uh Inter Miami does. As I have established on this podcast, I am not an Inter Miami fan, but I am by no means a hater. I'm you know watching them with a keen eye, being a South Florida sports fan otherwise. And uh, pretty impressed with the way they've turned around their season. But, you know, this isn't in a Miami Paris, so we'll leave it at that. Anyway, due to a combination of anime and video games, I'm starting to get more into basketball now. So go on. What do you mean? How is a combination of anime and video games are you getting into basketball? Because I'm watching a basketball anime. Yeah, there's, they've got these called like, Kuroko's Basketball. Animes. And it's very good. And you got 2K and you're playing that. Yeah, because I was watching Kuroko's basketball and I was like, this could be kind of fun to mess around with in a video game. And NBA 2K22 was free. So I got it and I've been playing it. 
What are you? What what mode are you doing? Who's your? I I'm doing a, a like a player career. Uh, um, okay. I at first I started as a point guard because I was like, all right, this is great. The point guard's always the first player with the ball, so like I'll have the ball and I won't have to worry about what to do when I don't have the ball because I don't know basketball that well from an X's and O's standpoint. So like I don't know where I'm supposed to be when I don't have the ball. The problem is if you don't know basketball that well from an X's and O's standpoint, you shouldn't have the the player who's supposed to run the offense doesn't go super well. Honestly, just call pick and rolls and either kick it out, kick it out into the corner for a three or hit the uh, guy rolling. That's, that's the entire offense you should run. Yeah. So no, I I switched up uh, to a center. Because as a center, I know exactly where I'm supposed to be. It was very easy to pick up on where I'm That's supposed to be. That's actually not true anymore. Centers yeah, are it's crazy. No, it's no, no. I, I am a Shaquille a traditional O'Neal five, type not of a center. Stretch five. No uniform. <laughs> I, I live underneath the basket. We're gonna we're gonna turn you into a diehard Heat fan. We're gonna that's that's we're the gonna idea. we're gonna put the Heat culture in a syringe and we're gonna stick it straight in your arm. And you're going to get as long as they keep Victor Oladipo, I will be a diehard Heat fan. We're going to have to cross our fingers on that one because he is. Are you, is your career player on the Miami Heat? My career player. So I've messed around with a bunch of different like styles and builds, mostly between point guard and then a couple of different center builds. Uh, So I have not made it to the NBA yet. Oh, so you're just still doing like whatever the story is? Like, yeah. Through the G League or whatever. All right. Let's you give this that. a little bit of a cursory talk about because we didn't mention it at all. R.I.P. Bozo, the Lightning lost. Yeah, oh, fuck no. Corey Perry. Three straight Stanley Cup Finals losses. I called it Avalanche and six. I mean, they were just the best team in the league this year by such a huge margin that I feel stupid for not picking them. They but literally like... didn't win the President's Trophy, <laughs> and they play in the weaker conference. The yeah, Panthers. but they had a big injury thing at the beginning of the year. And like once they we got didn't have Aaron together, Eckblad together, they were like six weeks. 76 and 16 this year. So it was like absurd. The Panthers were just as good as the Colorado Avalanche. They just shit the bed in the playoffs. I will take that to my grave. Yeah. This was a good enough team to win the Stanley Cup. They could have gone toe-to-toe with the Colorado Avalanche. They shit the bed. All right. Yeah, we've We've pretty much established that already. We, I agree. Yeah. Um, 30 second thoughts on the series. Colorado was the best team by far. Fuck Tampa. Tampa. That's Tampa. Yeah, after, after game four, it was over. Shut Honestly, the- after game two, it was over. Like game three was just kind of cute. Like Kemper shit the bed. Dossie was big. I, I just want Tampa fans to shut the fuck up about officiating. One series. Oh my in the God. Past yeah. That's my years. takeaway, actually. Not you even got- Tampa fans. Tampa players and their and, coach. Yeah. And it, like I thought it was just also like, fuck Pat Maroon, Palmer. who does not get to join Wayne Gretzky as the late as the most recent player to win four straight Stanley Cups. No. I I thought it was just me being a homer, but like I went on Twitter and like all these unbiased people that cover like the stars and like the flyers or whatever, those are examples. We're saying like, wow, Tampa's really bitching to the refs to an absurd degree here. Like that One was big in game six and, and game five after the, or game four after the game, John Cooper, like that was pathetic. But I mean like well, equally pathetic game six with the way well, they, they had acted. arguments. They weren't wrong, but 
One series when you've had the Black Magic Voodoo the last three years. And also like, in game six, they were wrong. Like you saw Stamco shoot the puck at a ref after an obvious boarding got called. Yeah, no, like literally both of those plays should have been misconducts and it was a minor. Like Tampa's gotten so many, so much favorable officiating during their cup run. Mm-hmm. Like the pan, like both Panther series, just like the baffling non-major decisions. Like shut the fuck up, Lightning fans. I, I have to say it was not too many men. I don't, I don't think. Disagree. Completely disagree. You think it was too many men? Absolutely. I thought McKinnon was within five feet of the bench. Here, no, no, it doesn't. Here's the thing. How many times over the last three years since the rule change from player entering the puck to player leaving the play has where it's been at the boards where a guy jumps off the bench, touches the puck, but because the other guy isn't off yet, the whistle blows immediately and it's too many men. The only reason they didn't call it is because uh, Kadri picked up the puck on the other side of the ice. But any other time when the player jumping on the ice touches the puck while the guy he's subbing for is still on the ice, it's too many men. That was a blown call. There's I, no, I, it doesn't no, get called in the playoffs, though. We can agree it on does. that. It does. And also, does. more importantly, the text of the too many men call, or of the too many men penalty, literally uses the word discretionary. The call was correct because it's how the refs made it or didn't. Well, and yeah. every call. And I hate game. giving that up that way. No, but, but there's not yeah, I guess as clear right. of a like definition of what too many was. men really is. As opposed to like high sticking, it's clear. Tripping, it's clear. Like other yeah. penalties are very cut and dry. What yeah, but are. that's but that's the same thing as like, oh, if an uh if a penalty causes an injury, it's an automatic double minor, but the only time it's ever called is on a high stick. Like this rule's officiated one way the entire year. And then just because the circumstances were a little bit different and it's the playoffs, we didn't blow the whistle. Like, I'm sorry. I do agree with Tampa there. That was a blown call. That said, shout out to Nazem Kadri for telling his haters to, quote, kiss my ass. And also, that was a shout great out moment. to the Lightning for scoring an identical goal last year in the playoffs that won them a, a crucial game. So these things always balance out. And I, we, we complain about the referee. Fan. Yeah. No, it'll balance out for us eventually, too. We just have yeah. to be patient. We just won't notice because we're maybe, massive homers. Maybe Tommy will see it after I die in like 60 years. <laughs> All right. So Tommy's going to watch it with his grandkids. At this point, does anybody want to say anything totally irreverent? Yeah, fuck Tampa. Yeah, fuck Tampa. No, no fuck sympathy Tampa. for you. you. You got refereed fuck one Tampa time. Fuck Tampa as a city. Years. Fuck Tampa as a label. Fuck Tampa as a crew. Fuck them. Fuck Tampa as a bay. It will yeah. it will sink into the ocean. You're not even the best body of water in your state. No. Fuck your Cuban sandwiches. Fuck your strip clubs that don't allow full nudity. Like, fuck all of it. Yeah, their strip clubs don't allow full nudity. They have to wear pasties. But they call themselves the strip club capital of the world. Yeah. Not that I've ever been to a strip club in Tampa, but I just know this. <laughs> I mean, I've actually nobody, never, nobody like, would like I'm not even covering last. I've never Tampa been to a strip club in Tampa. Than I, Atlanta. I just know this. I would rather go to neither. I personally find the whole thing. No, Alex, you have very clearly been to every strip club in Tampa, and that's how you know this. Did you see the Florida Panthers while you were inside the strip club? <laughs> no, I didn't. I've actually only been to Tampa 
three times in my life. Two of them. And you've already the been to every strip club in the city? Two of them to take the bar. One was a day trip, to, a night trip to go see yeah, the Panthers. Take the bar. Sure. I'm, I'm guessing that they got There was a bar, out. all right. <laughs> Do you remember what happened in that game? No, the Panthers lost. Yeah. I it was a game years ago I went to. I, like, I literally drove over from Orlando from a family trip to Disney, watched the game, the Panthers game with a group of people and drove back the next morning. Yeah. I mean, that's always a good move when you can do it. All right. We went way long here. So it's let's the off season. You can split this up into two like listens. Maybe we yeah. can do it ourselves. I don't, I don't think I will though. I'll just delete this part. Um, so thanks to everybody for sticking around this long. Wait, even if that was supposed to be a message to the fans, it's or to our listeners, it's at the end of the episode. <laughs> Leave it in. Leave it. Leave it. Um, yeah, I'm leaving this whole thing in. Rate um, us five stars on Escort Finder. Yeah. I don't even know if that's a real thing. No, it's probably not. It rate probably it, is. I'm sure there is some sort rate of Rate us thing five there. stars on Uber. Have we done that? We've done that. Yeah, we've done that a thousand oh. times. We've definitely yeah. done Uber. Rate us five stars on Turo. Yeah. If you don't know what Turo is, uh, it's basically Airbnb, but for cars. It's it's you rent other people's cars. Yeah, I would never like put my car on that website. I mean, I used it. I didn't put my car up. I that, used two I different things. Someone else. Two different yeah. things. Fair. It was a great experience, though. I had a lot of. You fun probably just it. buy a car to Turo it. Yeah. Oh, no, this was like clearly a lot that just had a bunch of cars up to rent. Okay, let's land the plane, then we'll talk about Turo. Uh, rate us five stars on Turo. Thanks for listening, guys. This went way too long. If you made it through, you are a true fan of ours, so we really appreciate it. Good night, everybody. Hey, what's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything, but losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203.